In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome to evening celebration of Mass. It's the Vigil Mass of the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. In the course of the Mass, we'll hear some words about the importance of marriage, but also what lies behind those words is an important call to unity and and love in our own life. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you are the Holy One, you are the Lord, you are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpassed the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. So from the soil, the Lord God fashioned all the wild beasts and all the birds of heaven. These he brought to the man to see what he would call them. Each one was to bear the name the man would give it. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of heaven, and all the wild beasts. But no helpmate suitable for man was found for him. So the Lord God made the man fall into a deep sleep. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and enclosed it into flesh. The Lord God built the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. The man exclaimed, This at last is bones from my bones, flesh from my flesh. This is to be called woman, for this was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and joins himself to his wife, and they become one body. The word of the Lord. Thanks. 
May the Lord bless us all the days of our life. O oh, blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. By the labor of your hands you shall eat. You will be happy and prosper. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the heart of your house. Your children like shoots of the olive around your table. Indeed, thus shall be blessed the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion in a happy Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children on Israel peace. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. We see in Jesus one who was for a short while made lower than the angels and is now crowned with glory and splendor because he submitted to death. By God's grace, he had to experience death for all mankind. As it was his purpose to bring a great many of his sons into glory, it was appropriate that God, for whom everything exists and through whom everything exists, should be made perfect through suffering, the leader who would take them to their salvation. For the one who sanctifies and the ones who are sanctified are of the same stock. That is why he openly calls them brothers. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it against the law for a man to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He answered them, What did Moses command you? Moses allowed us, they said, to draw up a writ of dismissal and so to divorce. Then Jesus said to them, It was because you were so unteachable that he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. This is why a man must leave father and mother, and the two become one body. They are no longer two, therefore, but one body. So then what God has united, man must not divide. Back in the house, the disciples questioned him again about this. And he said to them, The man who divorces his wife and marries another is guilty of adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she is guilty of adultery too. People were bringing little children to him for him to touch them. And the disciples turned them away. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. For it's to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. I tell you solemnly, anyone who does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Then he put his arms round them, laid his hands on them, and gave them his blessing. The Gospel of the Lord.
have a close friend who confesses to having read the diaries of her children. I'm a bit aghast at that. But she protests rather breezily that she has done it for the most selfless of reasons, to know what their worries and concerns are. I'm not sure at the end of the day whether the young children or the youngsters themselves would see it in that same way. It's kind of their private thoughts, if you like, put on paper in the diaries. This is as if they're speaking aloud to themselves and, of course, only to themselves. Recently, I'm surprised, I've surprised myself by taking a liking to reading other people's diaries too. You shouldn't be too concerned. I'm not going to break into your houses to read your diaries. The diaries that I speak of are the diaries of people who keep diaries and go on to publish them. I find them very compelling, better than biographies or even autobiographies. Often it's as if you're listening into another person's conversations, having first-hand experiences of the people that they meet in their own lives, their thoughts and their reactions. Often these diaries have not been written with any thought at any time of publication or any thought perhaps that they might be read by anyone else than themselves. They therefore kind of ring true, if you like. They have a freshness, an honesty, and an immediacy that makes you want to know more about these people. Very often we don't see this side of a person Everyone, of course, as you know, has their own private side, their thoughts, their ideas, their judgments, the way that they think in their own lives. Very often we don't get that insight into a person, their inner life, their inner core, their thoughts, who they are. The closest, perhaps, that you get to all of this might be in married life, in marriage, Thoughts and ideas and the heart is open to that other person. And how often you see that in daily life yourself, that bond that exists between two people. They often can judge their moods without a word having to be spoken. They can begin a sentence and the other person can finish it. It's as if there's a kind of union of mind and hearts between the two people. Often that person himself or herself thinks in one way and they don't have to be told by the other person. Maybe all of this is just exactly what we're hearing in today's readings at Mass. That extraordinary reading from the book of Genesis which puts two people on the same page, if you like, that speaks of them being together, thinking and loving and working and struggling together of being able to share and open their hearts to one another. Perhaps that's the overall message of the book of Genesis here, that it means that two people can exist in strong bonds of love with each other, and that's the way they are created. Although the reading itself has a special resonance for married life and for those that are married, I think it has a greater significance that goes beyond it Something about created things, working together, being bonded and welded together, animals and human beings 
and growing things and human beings themselves being bonded together. If the reading itself speaks about two people being united and about being open to one another, the reading also speaks about something else. It speaks about disunity and division as well. Today, the readings that we've heard speak about the D word, division and divorce. Even in the Old Testament, there seems to have been divorce. Moses seems, seems, as we hear, to have allowed for divorce. The Pharisees, they say, allow that a writ of dismissal might be drawn up and a person divorced. Even the people of the Old Testament who were clearly sticklers for rules, saw that there were cases in which two people could be divorced. I just want to say to you a few wee words about divorce today that I've gleaned working with people over the years as a priest. No one in the history of the world who has ever been married ever wants their marriage to end in divorce. Everyone whose marriage ends in divorce It is often the greatest sadness of their life. People always, always set out with the best intentions and the highest ideals and want to be happy and fulfilled in their married life. No one has ever wanted their marriage itself to fail, to break down or to end in divorce. And we know ourselves, don't we, that marriage itself can fail for all sorts of different reasons financial reasons, irresponsible behaviour, incompatibility, honest and dishonest reasons alike. No one who has ever been through those divorce proceedings would ever or could ever recommend it to another. The pain involved in it is very great and is a great human turmoil. It always seems to me a great mystery, though, how love itself can very often turn to hatred, how you can love a person with all of your heart and then given certain circumstances you can end up hating that person. Betrayal, dishonesty, deception can make a person's heart grow cold and turn to stone for that other person. I think as an outsider to marriage today as a priest what I've come to conclude is that you have to have a tough skin to be married. Marriage is not for the faint-hearted. You have to be strong in your love and sure of your love to get married and to stay married. And I've come to believe that you have to carry certain things into marriage, an ability to forgive, a desire to get on with one another, a sense of perspective and proportion, realising what's important and unimportant in life, a desire to make each other better people through being married rather than lesser people, weaker, more unsure, emotionally fragile. It should be something that makes you stronger, develops you, and makes you progress as a human being rather than being held back. What a great thing marriage is if you do meet that right person in life, that person out of the whole world who is meant surely to be your husband or your wife. And it seems to me that it always has to be this, 
It has to be a vacation, not a social convenience or something that formalises some kind of union. Coming to be married, you believe that there is someone who will make you happy and who will love you and whom you in turn can make happy and love them as well. We have simply come to call this thing marriage, matrimony, being wedded to another. And this is what the book of Genesis, which we've listened to today, today, reminds us of. That in creation, according to the mind of God, there is a unity. Unity between the animals, between growing things, and between human beings. For that's the way that God has made things to be. Marriage itself should not be something that makes people miserable, or, nor should it be a battleground, which turns out to be something whereby two people hate one another. It should be something of unity and love and cooperation. At the end of the day, then, is that kind of love possible? Some people would wish it to be. Everybody would wish it to be. Everybody desires and yearns for that kind of love in their own life. And the book of Genesis presents it to us as something that we should aim towards, that we should be able to find that person who is our Eve or our Adam, who will love us and who we will love in return as well. You know that saying that very often that people uh, say about marriage, that marriages are made in heaven but they have to be worked at here on earth. Again, as an outsider, you do indeed have to work at marriage. That's something that I very often see. You have to pray and you have to ask God's help for what you are doing in marriage. There is something very holy about that contract that exists between two people in marriage. Something of God's hands in it for love and happiness in your life. Can love itself in this particular thing which we call marriage continue to remain? Well, Jesus himself says that it can. Not only can it uh, last, but it should last as well. But in the end of the day, it has to be love. It has to be a real love that exists between two people. Not just love in name, not just love staying together for convenience or for the sake of children. It has to be a love and a deep love and a love that makes you happy and binds you together in a common purpose and fulfills what love itself is supposed to be about. God doesn't have to read our diaries to know what we're doing. He doesn't have to read our diaries to know what we were doing last week or the month before or the year before because he above all knows our deepest desires and the deepest desire that is in the human heart is to love and to be loved. That deepest desire is in each of us. He will give us the ability to fulfill that love itself even in the hardest of circumstances even sometimes when the sun itself has gone behind the clouds, even in the darkest and stormiest of days, he will teach us how to love as we should love.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For as men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. It is not good for men and women to be alone. I will make them suitable partners. Conscious that God himself often provides us with the things that we most of all need, especially the things that sustain us, we ask him once again to listen to our prayers. For children baptised this weekend, that they will receive the light of Christ and follow the light to the end of their life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who are experiencing the destruction and terror of the earthquake and tsunami in Indonesia. That the work of those bringing relief and hope to the survivors may be successful. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. In these days in which the Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded, we pray for those who work for projects that create peace and understanding in our world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for people experiencing different aspects of homelessness in our country. And we pray for organisations which seek to support them and be their advocates. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. That those involved with the administration of justice in our land will deal fairly, justly and mercifully with those who come before them. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who have died and those that we are asked to remember in our prayer at this time. Lord, hear us. The psalm of today's Mass asks God to bless us all the days of our life. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless us today and always and give us the things that we need, not only to survive, but also to thrive. Sustain us with bread from heaven, things which we need, and things which will nourish us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, the sacrifices instituted by your commands, and through the sacred mysteries which we celebrate with dutiful service, graciously complete the sanctifying work by which you are pleased to redeem us. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you laid the foundations of the world and have arranged the changings of times and seasons. You form men and women in your own image, setting humanity over the whole world and all its wonders to rule in your name over all you have made and forever to praise you in your mighty works through Christ our Lord. And so with the angels we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is you from the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fountain of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them what do fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray. That with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship. Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. Grant us, Almighty God, that we may be refreshed and nourished by this sacrament that we have received, so as to be transformed into what we consume. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended.